0: Welcome to the Campus Christian Fellowship Podcast for the University of Iowa, Iowa State University, and the University of Northern Iowa. Hey there and welcome to another episode of adulting. Uh, If you're just joining us, adulting is a program that we have on uh, every Monday nights here at 7pm at the University of Iowa. We had a food and discussion base of this podcast serves as, as a chance for us to recap what happens on our Monday nights, which was last night. If you haven't checked out our first episode of adulting, I would highly recommend that you do that because what we talk about is being proactive. And what we're going to talk about today with decision making stems from being proactive because being proactive is very foundational into adulting. And this decision making is a advancement of being proactive without getting quite into the nitty gritty of of what it means to be an adult. There is an adult application here as well, which is different than last week. It was just simply a foundation. This is foundation as well as application. So we're just going to jump right into it. I'm basing most of this off of a book called Ask It by Andy Stanley. It's a really great book. I'd recommend you read that. I told you that uh, for most of this, we are going to be adapting The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. This one is an exception because this one is being adapted by Andy Stanley. Uh, the book Ask It. So uh, we're, all this decision-making process stems from when we make a decision, we need to ask this one question. So, get a pen and paper handy or bring out your notepad on your phone and just write this sentence down. In light of my past experience, my current responsibilities and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do here? I'll say that one more time. In light of my past experience, my current responsibilities and my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do here? Now, decision making is an important thing because we both know, we all know people that have done have made bad decisions and we know people that have made good decisions and we know people that at least like myself have done a lot of both Um, but generally it tends to lean one way or the other the important thing about decision making is an understanding that nobody ever plans to mess up their life right no nobody that's homeless ever planned on being homeless nobody that sank a company that they started ever planned on doing that nobody that ever got married planned for divorce (laughs) But the problem is, with all these decisions, a lot of us haven't necessarily planned not to do these things either. And so decision making is an effective strategy for us to, to prevent the messing up of our lives. It's a, it's a prevention method. It is us taking time to plan not to mess now, very. everything here is going to be very broad, and we're going to talk a little bit about finances. We're going to talk a little bit about time management, but understand that next week is prioritization. The week after that is time management, and the week after that is finances and budget. So, we are going to get into specifics a lot more later, and I don't want to dive into too many specifics about all of this tonight, on this episode, because uh, what I want to do is... Uh, to just try to take decision-making at its own. But we are going to use examples that are going to play into effect for the next three weeks. It's very important that you listen to the first episode, and it's very important that for the future episodes you listen to this one. So, what happens in decision-making is there's often a a human mindset that we have where we want to get as close to something without actually going over the line. We want to get as close to the line as we can without going over the line. So two common examples um, that will that we'll use three like we'll give you three examples actually. Uh, the first example is a budget, right? If you set a budget line, the idea of a budget line, and again we're gonna get into finances later, but the idea of a budget line is here how much here is how much money a month I am allotting toward towards going to this. And once I hit that then i cannot go over that line so let's just say for example you spend a hundred dollars on clothes and three hundred dollars on groceries and four hundred dollars on eating out slash entertainment right let's just say that that's an example budget well the goal of a budget is not to spend a hundred dollars on clothing three hundred dollars on groceries and four hundred dollars on going out and entertainment it is just, that is a maximum, right? So if you spend $20 on clothing a month, it's totally okay. In fact, it's actually really good. But what happens is we have this tendency to be like, well, all right, so I spent $20 this month. I have a budget of 100 and there's a new pair of shoes that I really want that I really liked. I saw it at Kohl's the other day or I saw it somewhere the other day, right? And I really, really, really want that pair of shoes. And I do have the budget for it. So I'm gonna go ahead and get it. Now, if you have the budget for it, not a problem, but the but the but the point is that I'm trying to make here is we always want to get as close to that line as we possibly can. It's just the human tendencies. I want to play with it as much as I can. Another thing is time commitment. Think about your schedule and think about how you have 24 hours a day. You have seven days a week. Well, you have to allot sleep in there. If you're a student, you have to allot. Uh, study time in there and you have to allot time for going to classes if you have a job you have to allot that time if you go to church you have to allot, allot that time uh, if you want to hang out with friends and have a social life you have to allot that time and so when when we're thinking about these things we think about how many hours we have we often at times overcommit on things because we want to get as close as we possibly can right but honestly there are some days that we just need no pants days right I have them you need them it's all good we need them, so uh, the third example that I'll give is is just sex. This is something that we hear a lot in the church, and it's it's a it's one of those things that gets kind of uncomfortable, but at the same time, it's a it's a great example of this decision making process of of us trying to get as close to the line as we can without actually going over. So Christians believe in no premarital sex, um, and so. What people might say in response to that is, all right, well, there's no premarital sex. Well, how do you define sex? And so, you know, I guess guess we're going to define it as intercourse and so therefore blowjobs and handjobs and stuff like that is still on the table. Um, So we're going to get as close to that line as we possibly can without going over. And this is setting up for failure. So what we have to do, we talked about changing our mindsets, we talked about changing the way that we process things, and this is one of the things we have to process. We cannot think of decision making in terms of, I want to get as close to this thing as possible without necessarily going over, right? Because that is how you wind up losing control and messing up your reality. So we're going to talk a little bit about our current responsibilities and our future hopes and dreams. We're going to get to our past experience in uh, in just a, a minute, but I want to start off with current responsibilities and future dreams. So again, what in light of my past experience, my current responsibilities, my future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do here? Well, I think you can't separate current responsibilities and future hopes and dreams because they are interconnected at the very root of things because each of our decisions... Has a consequence on myself and on other people. Each of our decisions also have public consequences, right? And what we're talking about here in decision making is not necessarily things like oh, should I go to McDonald's or Burger King today, or um, do I want ice cream or do I not want ice cream, or, or or which restaurant do we go to, or do we stay in and build a pillow for it, do we stay in and build a blanket for it? Like these small decisions that ultimately don't matter in the long run. Like there. The decision in that regard is that you've decided to stay in and build a fort or that you've decided to go out and eat. That's the important decision because that affects your budget and that affects your time and that affects the quality that you spend together. You don't that affects the grocery bill, all that. So that's not the kind of decision making we're talking about here. The decision making that we are talking about is something like yeah, staying in versus going out. Decision making that we're talking about is is. Um, applying for a mortgage and buying a house as opposed to staying in your apartment. It's about deciding to have kids. It's deciding about asking that person out. It's deciding about asking that person to marry you, about actually marrying that person. It's, It's decisions about... It's about time commitments. It's about budget commitments. It's all these kinds of decisions. Right. And so what happens is when we make these kinds of decisions in our present, we wind up robbing our future because we make these decisions in a moment with no thoughts of how our future will be affected when we think about getting as close to that line as possible. Now, this sounds very familiar to you, because last episode, we talked about proactivity versus reactivity about reactivity is dealing with things that you didn't think about dealing with things that you don't have control over dealing with things that you didn't necessarily plan for, whereas proactivity is trying to stop them before they become reality thinking ahead, right. And so when we think ahead in the present, we wind up setting ourselves up for a good future, or at least a better future. So Here's a a quick example. Um, The average American wedding costs $34,000, which is a big number if you think about it. Now, you do not have to spend $34,000 on your wedding. Let me make that very clear. It is very very possible to happen. But to contrast that, the average American spends $1,100 a year on coffee. That's about $92 a month. Now, remember, both of these numbers are averages. So that also accounts for the person that never got married and spent zero dollars on a wedding. That accounts for the people that spent very little on a wedding. But that also accounts for the very extravagant Queen Elizabeth wedding, right? Uh, that it, these, This coffee accounts for the, the person that goes to Starbucks and gets a tall, really expensive drink every single day. And also the person that never goes out to Starbucks and buys coffee. So... If we take this into a mind, let's say you're 18 at this moment, and you want to get married by the time that you are 30, but you know that a wedding costs $34,000. Well, one practical step that you can take today is a decision to stop drinking so much coffee outside. And I'm not trying to sound like a coffee snob, or I'm not talking, trying to sound like somebody that tells you what you need to, to cut out of your life, especially when it's something that isn't super harmful like coffee, but I'm just trying to illustrate a point um, that if you let's just say half your budget on coffee if you had we're spending at $1100 a year and you decided i'll go out every other day instead of every day for a cup of coffee well you've shortened that $1100 a year to more like $550 a year and the other 550 you get Extra, right? And a five hundred and fifty multiplied by the twelve years, because again, if you want to get married when you're thirty, winds up being a significant chunk. It's like six thousand dollars. That's a a fifth of the wedding, right? So it's just when you take math like this, when you think of in the future, well, maybe you think twice about buying some of the small stuff. If you want to buy a car, if you want to buy a house, you want to have big things you want a big tv when you graduate college whatever your vice is whatever you want requires present decisions and this is illustrated by the let's just say in terms of walking towards something right so if you want to get to the future if you want to get there then you need to work towards that you need to walk there if i am in illinois and i want to go to new york it makes no sense for me to walk towards la right and if i am trying to get to new york and i'm walking towards la i am walking towards something else so the the same example if i am wanting a wedding but i am not planning on having that then i am actually walking away towards something else if i want to have a big wedding and I'm not taking into account that today I'm actually walking towards a small wedding or an eloping or whatever, whatever you decide to do, something very small scale, which there's nothing wrong with doing any of that, right? So we are walking towards something else, oftentimes something that is accidental, um, oftentimes something that might seem foolish or in vain or something that might just seem bad uh, because because we wind up neglecting our future. Think about this. If you play video games, it's, uh, it's a lot like when you have a video game side quest. If you play like Grand Theft Auto or Red Dead Redemption or Fallout or something like that, just an open world game, so something like Skyrim, or maybe you've seen somebody play these things. If you... You have your story and you have your core things that advance the plot, right? And you have you have this 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 goal, this end goal. But all these games have a bunch of different side quests, and they're meant for you to to live in that world. They're meant for you to keep playing that game. They're meant for you to to get distracted. They're meant to be these random pursuits that are little one-offs that have no ultimate bearing on the end of the game. And they wind up usually not adding up to anything at all and so when we we make decisions and we make wrong decisions not thinking about our future it's like doing a side quest because the end of the day it doesn't really matter do you really think you're gonna remember having that cup of coffee three days from now do you really think that three days from now it will matter whether you had that cup of coffee or do you think five days from now it will matter whether you bought that thing off Amazon or do you think that six days from now it's really gonna matter which party you went to, or if you decided to stay inside and study, as opposed to going there. I mean, it will actually that one would have an effect on you because that would mean that you probably did better on your test. So bad example. Um But which party you went to, or if you decided to stay home and and be responsible as opposed to going out in thirty degree weather, negative thirty degree weather is a little bit more Iowa, but. um but all these things wind up accumulating and when you think about the future, some things really don't matter except in the present. And when you don't think about the future, the present gets a hold of it. And I'm not saying I don't want you to be happy, but what I'm saying is that when you neglect the future, you are robbing yourself of the potential best future for yourself. And it all starts in the present. Let's move on to past experience for now. Past experience is a great indicator for whether or not you should do something in the future. And you know your past. I don't know your past, but I know my past. And so I can say that if I struggle with something, then I should not endeavor in more of that. If I have a hard time pay- paying my rent Maybe I shouldn't seek out a mortgage. That doesn't necessarily seem like a good idea, or a more expensive place. If I have a hard time keeping roommates, then I should not try to find a place that I need to have roommates to afford. Also, if I have a hard time keeping roommates, or I've up picking bad roommates, I should maybe be a little bit more picky about that stuff in the future. If I if I wind up uh, being a bad roommate, I'm just, you get the idea. There's when you have to learn from your past experiences, right? And, uh, and so you have to take that into account when thinking about the future, but in the present, we don't think about the past and we don't think about the future because our choice in the moment is often obscured by emotion. Now let's take two examples quick. Uh, you ever been grocery shopping while you're hungry? Well, it's a really bad idea because what's going to happen is if you're hungry and you're grocery shopping, you're going to see every single thing on the shelves and it's all going to sound appetizing. And you're going to wind up spending a lot more money than you need to do, than you needed to, a lot more money than you budgeted for. It's, it's one of the worst decisions you can make speaking from experience. But our emotions in the moment is I am hungry and that sounds amazing. And that overcomes and overwhelms everything else. And all you can think about is I'm hungry and that smells amazing. Another example. Have you ever shopped on Amazon? Yeah. Well, I have. And guess what? Same thing. The emotion in the moment often overshadows and overcomes every possible thing. So... Our emotions make it hard to see straight, to think straight, and to decide straight. So what we have to do is we have to overcome our emotions and the current responsibilities, and that will help us see things in light of past experience and future hopes and dreams. So let's think of some solutions. Well, how about you just eat a snack before you go grocery shopping, or you keep a couple granola bars in your car and your coat pocket or something like that. If you can can manage to not be hungry when you're grocery shopping, then that should help overcome your emotions there. Uh, For Amazon, Amazon has wish lists, right? I have them on my account. I know you can have them on your account. They could be private or public or whatever. Here's an experiment that I helped to overcome binge buying or or impulse buying on Amazon, which is if I just take things and add them to my Amazon list and and don't check out, I can come back to that same product three days from now and decide if I still want it. And if I still want it, then I'll keep it on my list and I'll wait for a sale or I'll wait until it fits my budget or I'll wait until I need that item or whatever. But uh, but if I decide eh, it was just one of those things that I wanted to buy on impulse, well, there's no reason for me to buy it anymore. Just whatever you whatever the situation is for this decision, just you could find very practical ways of overcoming your emotion. Another way we can overcome emotion is that we can ask friends, you can ask our spouse, we can ask uh, people that are trusted, you can ask your pastor, you can ask your minister, you can ask uh, people for things that you are unsure about. If you want to marry somebody, then you should probably ask your friends, whoever you're going to ask to be your best man, like, hey, I'm really thinking about doing this, what do you think? And especially if that person is close to you, um, they will tell you straight up, you should ask your parents if you have a good relationship with them, hey, what do you guys think about this? Because People that you ask for their wisdom are going to give it to you straight if you really trust them. But the problem is we don't often ask because we're afraid that what they're going to say is the thing that we aren't thinking about or the thing that we are thinking about and we just don't want to hear it. Is the example of marrying somebody. Maybe you know that marrying this person isn't a good idea, but you really want to do it and you're entirely affected by emotion and you're not thinking about, well, I go to church and she doesn't or you're not thinking about, yeah, well, I really want to live in Iowa and she really wants to explore, go travel, go live in Africa, go live in California, go live anywhere that's not Iowa maybe it's she doesn't support what you want to do for a living or maybe you don't support what she wants to do for a living or maybe it's uh, it's it's something having to do with responsibility maybe you're a really clean and tidy and organized person and she is not and i'm not saying that that's those all these situations don't work as a marriage but but they are sometimes caution flags or red flags and we need to take them into account and, and if you if these are issues and you go to somebody and you ask for advice and they notice these issues we don't go to them because they're going to say what we're all thinking they're going to say what you already know that you just didn't want to hear and the last thing is we need to ask other people experience experience is a great Teach, teacher and especially experience can be a great teacher even if it is from other people's experience because there is no point in learning something the hard way if somebody else has already done that there is no sense in every single person going through a divorce because they don't know what makes a good spouse but you can look at somebody who has been and say hey what are the things that you would look in your next your next partner or have looked in your next partner what uh, or if if it's something like um buying a home. You can ask somebody who is a homeowner, hey, what are some pieces of advice that you would do differently? Or if it's planning a wedding, hey, what is one thing that you would have done differently? We can learn off of the regrets of others and we can learn that experience and and their failure is is a good learner or it can, even experience can also be a good thing if they if they said well we did this and we were advised not to but it wind up being a really great thing then you can learn from that it doesn't necessarily have to be the bad thing but there's no point in learning something the hard way if somebody else has already paid that price and experience can be a great teacher so every decision that we make does not necessarily be obvious but if we look at our present situation in our past experience seeking wisdom of others and seeking uh, the to, to rid emotion out of our decisions, or at least the emotion in the moment, a heavy, burdening emotion in the moment, and we can then we can look at our past experiences and decide if something is responsible for us to take on at this moment, especially in light of my future hopes and dreams. Does this decision get me to where I want to be? And when we can make those decisions and we know the rules and principles, we narrow our options and increase our chances of success. And that is adulting at its finest. Hey, thanks for checking us out and spending some time with us this week. Quick reminder, if you're a student at Iowa State, University of Northern Iowa, or University of Iowa, we would love to connect you with a campus minister. So reach out to ccf.uiowa at gmail.com, and we will make sure we get you connected. Be sure to specify your school in an email. Additionally, if you have questions about anything you've heard today or anything that's on your mind, uh, we would love a chance to answer that here anonymously. So you can also just drop a line. There, again, that is ccf.uiowa at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week, and please know that we are praying for you.